if you're not going down the route that you expect it to be, imagine how much better it's still going to be on the other side. You may not see where you're going, but once you get to your destination, just think about how much happier you're going to be because you're doing something that's way beyond anything you can imagine at that moment. Dr. Viv here and welcome on Reset with Dr. Viv. Today I have got with me a very special guest, Krista Garrett, and Krista is the founder of Freedom Through Music, specializing in promoting mental health through music as well as the author of Authenticity, Be You, Do You, Share You, Just Be Flossom. But before we get to Krista, let me just say, if you're not already, subscribe to my YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast. Come on, let's get subscribing. All links are in description. And if you're not already connected with me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, come on guys, let's get connected. I love to connect. All links are in description. Right. Wow. Krista, how are we doing? Lovely to have you with me and with us on Reset with Dr. Viv today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It is. It is. It is. So, Krista, like you own a music school dedicated to helping people improve mental health through music. Like I don't hear that often. Like tell us a bit about that. So I own a music school in Maryland in the United States. And we started out as a private music school where we teach all instruments, including voice. And I have my degrees in psychology. So I have my undergraduate and my graduate degree in psychology and developmental specifically. And when I first started working in the school, I realized that there was a lot of aspects to psychology that was getting bypassed that I thought were important to be incorporated into music lessons. And we saw that particularly with our learning disabled and our cognitively disabled students that were coming in with autism, um, with ADD and ADHD, that if we incorporated some of those into our lessons, they were helping the student um, progress a lot faster and we found the right instruments for them. So I started taking on students myself where I was doing piano and voice and I had one particular young lady come in one day who had um, issues with self-cutting and she wasn't so much interested in doing piano in the traditional sense. She wanted to do lessons with more talk therapy. And I found that giving her assignments that involved her journaling made a huge impact because she was able to, instead of creating a, a wound that would be able to draw her attention away from her emotional um, issues from, from actually able to work through them to focusing on a physical issue, that with journaling, it would, it would be able to have her process and regurgitate out what was going on. Mm -hmm. And then she could look at it and digest it on paper. And from there, I had the idea of taking those journal entries and creating lyrics and actually writing a song and creating lyrics with that. And then from there, we made the decision of whether she wanted to burn the lyrics as a burnal 
if she wanted to record them or she wanted to create a melody, what she wanted to do to create it to, in order for her to put this to bed for herself. And I saw such success with that. I thought, oh, we should be doing this with more students. So with my voice students, I've been doing that. And now I'm getting ready to roll out a couple of courses where that's going to be specifically, that's going to be our, our core, where we're going to be doing nothing but doing journaling, meditations, um, affirmations, um, EFT tapping, other ways where we're going to be taking music theory and applying it to mental health in the sense of creating a toolbox of coping strategies that someone can use to create a series of uh, non-negotiables in their day that they can take to creating a healthy mental health diet for themselves. Wow, wow. So you more or less stumbled on this by accident. <laughs> I, I did because I was creating curriculum for autistic students and, and incorporating, and I have adult um, developmentally disabled adults that I work with in groups, and I was seeing these huge gains with them where just putting a microphone in their hands for nonverbal students and having them being able to vocalize just to the sound of music or the innateness of a rhythm that they were able to do. It was, it was amazing to me. And I thought there's gotta be more to this. So it was just doing some trial and error that I just found that incorporating things that we use in, in a traditional therapy sense and incorporating it in with using music, not so much as music therapy, but more of something on its own, for its own sake, was boosting mental health among my students. And as we as we branched out, it was just seeing that we could reach larger groups of people that were needing help with gross motor skills, fine motor skills, and with vocalizations. And just and, and we've just kind of incorporated that into our daily lessons. So now that's something that we're doing that is going into the traditional classroom, but it's a, using that different approach. Wow. Wow. That's really, 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 really interesting. And to realize that just by, you know, testing it and testing it with one person and then another person, there's something about music. What is it about music? And, and I mean, you just said you're, you're, a, psych, you're a psychologist. Yes and you went into music, what is it about music? Because I know in my life, for example, like there are times when I've been down, you know, mm -hmm. and you play a certain song and it just lifts up the spirit. What is it about music? Music is a universal language. So everyone in some form or fashion can relate to it, whether it's listening to it, playing it. And we're born with an innate sense of rhythm that if you were to put a baby down and were to have them, they automatically have an innate sense of rhythm. They can move their feet to a certain rhythm. They can move their little hands to a certain rhythm. Sometimes they can start, when they start lifting up and they're able to lift up their necks to get that natural strength in their necks, they can bob their neck too. So we're born with that. It's just a matter of um, main, realizing the, the implications of keeping it as a forefront in our lives. And, it's amazing because if you look at the brain, the brain is set up to process music in so many different areas of it. You've got your sensory motor strip where you've got, you know, the, the ability to move as opposed to your temporal lobe where you're listening to it and that's where you're processing the language aspects of it. 
um, occipital where you're seeing it. Um, there's just so many different aspects of the brain frontal lobe where you're actually getting processing all of those uh, the, the expressions of it. But what it really comes down to is that we all have this limbic system, which is what creates our feelings, emotions, processes, memories. Music is so entrenched in your limbic system. Right. And that's where you're seeing the chemical imbalances and the, and the, the infrequency of neurotransmitters that, that can lead to depression, can lead to anxiety, can lead to PTSD when you're tying into traumatic and, um, uh, memories into into certain sounds and triggers. So when you're listening to music, there's going to be those memories where you'll hear a certain song and you'll think about um, a past love that you had mm -hmm. or a, a wonderful memory with your mother or your father, like a lullaby of some sort. But you also have those other memories where a certain song can trigger sadness, can trigger anger, resentments, mm -hmm. those types of things. And that's all tied into the limbic system. And if we just Taking that into account, that's where you can see a lot of the healing aspects of music. When you start looking at, okay, what is a trigger for a certain thing? Okay, you got that trigger. Then what can we do on the opposite side of that? What music can we use on the opposite side of that to bring a calming effect to you when you hear or experience that trigger? So that's the amazing thing about music is that it has so many facets of it that if you were to take it to the other spectrum and use it on a whole different level, that it, it can it can counteract what's happening to someone. So it's it's just knowing that there's so many applications to it that you can then tailor it to the individual. Because I think what the problem has been is that people take the idea, ideas of helping with mental health strategies and trying to create some kind of a box mm -hmm. and they try to put everyone in that box. Mm -hmm. Well, it, you can't, you can't. It's, you gotta look at each individual and how they react to each stimuli and then you go and then you tailor it to that person, their personality, their memories, their reactions, their emotions, their baggage, who's in their room, what created these, these different nuances of that person. And then you come up with a, a strategy for them. And that's what's so important about music and but doing more group and one-on-ones with, with people is that you get to see what influences them. And then you take that and you and, and you create that little microcosm for them. Right, 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 right. Wow. Wow. So uh, let me let me ask you, like you have been through some things in your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And I don't know if that's what brought you down this line at some point, you know, from where you know, from what you were doing before. I I, I it'd be interesting, but you've survived addiction. Yeah. You somehow survived death. <laughs> yes. And fire. Like, yes. Tell us all about that. Well, the reason why I got into psychology is because my dream was to be a concert pianist oh, when wow. I was younger. And at the time in the 80s and the early 90s, when I was in school for it, you had to have a certain physical structure to be a successful concert pianist. Or, or classical pianist, and I didn't have that. The size of my hands are too were too small for a classical pianist. You had to have at least an octave reach, which means you had to be able to touch your your first note to your eighth note 
within the scale and do that comfortably. I couldn't do that. I have very small little doll hands. So what they recommended when I would go to conservatory to do auditions is that there was a surgery at the time that was very prevalent where they would cut the skin folds here and here. So you would cut here and here to allow a longer reach. Wow. The problem with that is that if you ended up in a situation where a nerve was nicked or a tendon was severed or, or nicked, you would lose feeling in your hands and you would also maybe lose some mobility. So for me, it was, it was really telling to me of, do I want to be disfigured with the possibility of never having a career anyway, because the surgery is not successful and I end up with no feeling in my hands, which what's the point? Or do I just accept the fact that I'm just not meant to be a concert pianist? And I came to that realization and just fell in love with psychology. And so from my undergraduate to my graduate degree, fell in love with it. And I went the developmental track because I wanted to help all age groups with, you know, going through development from, from beginning to end. And, and when I met my husband, he had a music school and he had just started it and was just getting off the ground. And I married him and came to work here at the school. And I was doing the business side of it, keeping the books and everything. Well, in, in 2011, I became pregnant with our twins. We have twin daughters. And it was at that time that I discovered that my husband had an opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he was a functioning addict. Um, and because I had these babies on the way, I couldn't really wrap my head around how serious this was. Um, if we fast forward to 2000, the end of 2013, my husband is now a full-blown heroin addict. And all the money that's coming into the school is going out to his addiction. We're, we are bankrupt at this point. He's using all the money for his addiction. And I'm forced at that point to change the locks. He ends up living in, in one of the classrooms at the school. Um, I'm getting ready to file for divorce. I've got two babies to take care of, and he's just not safe. Um, he makes the decision in February 2014 to go to rehab and basically shows up on my doorstep, hands me keys and says, it's yours. See ya. I'm going to go get help. And I'm going, I don't want it. I don't want this. I've got babies. Um, so I had a temper tantrum for about three days at home, like a big baby. Um, but at the end of the day, realized I had to feed my kids and I had to go to work. So I took over the business and he went and got sober. I took over the business. And when he came back from rehab, I kicked him out of the business. I said, if you're going to stay healthy and this business is going to go anywhere, you have to go. So he left the business in 2014. And by the end of 2016, I'm 100% owner. He signed it over to me. In the meantime, fast forward a little bit, um, 2016 rolls around. He's sober. Everybody's happy. We're doing really well. And I have a teacher come to me who had been with us for many, many years. She comes to me and says, I see you're doing this all on your own. I want to be a part of it. I don't think you should be doing all this by yourself. It's getting too big for you. You know, I want to, I want to come in and help. So I kid you not the day before she and I are supposed to 
sign partnership papers and, and become a partnership, she dies of a heart attack on her way home from here. Um, 37 years old. And she dies on her way home. Wow. Yeah. And to say I was devastated is an understatement. I couldn't function because she was such a vivacious, caring, sweet mentor to all of the children here. And she had rallied the, 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 the teachers and it, it wasn't just a business loss. It was such a profound personal loss for me that it was really hard to think about going forward. But on the day of her funeral, I had one of the teachers walk up to me and say, don't give this up. Don't give up. We need you. You can do this. And it almost was as if Nancy was speaking through him to me to keep going. Four months later, we have a massive fire that destroyed 50% of our classrooms and instruments and equipment. The other 50% of the business is flooded from the fire hoses trying to protect the other building. And so we are shut down. And at that point, I'm going, how many signs from God do I need to have to say, Krista, you need to stop. This is just not happening. And then a church called me and said, we've got all this space. We're not having our, our, our parish hall being used during the week. Our sanctuary is open during the week. Come use it until you can get back in your building. Wow. A lifeline. A lifeline. So for three months, we were in their space, and the teachers still collected a paycheck. We were able to get back on our feet. We were able to move back into our building. And then from there, we've just one step at a time, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And then COVID-19 has happened, the pandemic has happened, and we had to shut down again. Mm -hmm. um, but because we had been thinking ahead about the wonders of the internet and how technology could help us teach, we were able to get 100% online within three days and the teachers could start teaching again. And what a miracle that has been because it has kept our students' morale up. It has given them something to look forward to while they've been quarantined. It has given the teachers something to look forward to and morale is up because they're interacting with their students and they're still having that interaction that has made such a difference during a dark time to be able to have that to look forward to on a daily basis has been huge for us. And we're still in business and we're growing. Wow. Like, yeah. What a story. Like, yeah. And there are different bits I want to, I didn't want to interrupt you, you know, but there are so many bits I want to pick up there. Sure. Sure. Backwards. Like there's COVID. Yeah. You guys were already somehow prepared for digits, you know, to go digital. Many people yes. were thinking that far, thinking ahead that much. What was it that made you, even before COVID, think of going digital? What That was forward thinking. What, what was it that made you think, let's go digital, even before there was such a need? Um, a couple of things. First, it was seeing that people were putting things up on YouTube 
to teach certain aspects of music and some of them were correct some of them were not correct and really wanting to make sure that people were getting the right information the other thing is that we're in an area that we're surrounded by four military bases and we had a lot of students that were being transferred to uh, getting orders to transfer out of state and they loved their teachers and we found just by using zoom and skype and facetime they could continue their music lessons with their teacher as they got reestablished in a new place which for some of these children is huge because you're uprooting them and it's just really difficult for them to start over somewhere else but if they have something that is of a norm to them or a routine with someone that they know it makes the transition so much easier for them so we were getting clients in new york we had clients in texas we had clients in california in florida in tennessee and that was a way where we saw how successful it was so even though we weren't doing it on a regular basis we saw that it worked. So when this came up, we already knew what we needed to do to get everybody online and just get it rolling right away. So we were up and running in three days. So it was just having that experience that made a huge difference for us being able to jump online right away. Yeah. Wow. So you're you're, you're already ahead of the game. (laughs) Wow. 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 That's, uh, you know, when I, you're still with your husband, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Six years sober. Six years sober. Wow. That, and you know, like that was a tough call you had to yeah. make. Not many people are able to make such a tough decision, especially when it really like matters. And because you're thinking, oh dear, you know, it's your, it's your spouse. It's your, you, you know, it's, it's not a position anyone wants to be in. Yes. How were you able to comfortably make that call and for him to really accept, you know what, I've got a problem and this is not going to work. This me being on, it's not going to help us in the long run. And it didn't affect you guys because for many people that could have been the end of a marriage or, or, you know, or, you know, who knows? So like, it's really, really interesting. Well, for me, it was, the call to to at that point make the decision to end the marriage at that point was i had given him an ultimatum and that ultimatum involved me taking my children somewhere safe and him leaving and leaving us alone in the hate of his addiction you mean um to end the marriage you you didn't end the marriage you i didn't at that point i was separating from him and right, we right. had we i had said what will it take to get you to leave me and the children alone so we're not continuing down this cycle with you right, right and it involved a dollar amount and him leaving and when he told me that if it, if if i gave him a certain amount of money that right. he would leave us alone i knew then that if his children were worth a dollar amount right he was far beyond any help i could give him So I gave him the money. And then as soon as he left, I knew he'd be back. But as soon as he left, I I had the locks changed and my sister came to stay. And we did have a standoff with a police officer that evening where he didn't understand why I wouldn't let him back home. But at that point, he knew I was serious, that he either needed to get help or I was done. 
And that's when he went to live at the school for a couple of months, but he was dying. If I were to show you pictures of him, of where he was when he was healthy to at that point, he was dying. And I didn't want my little girls to watch him. And how is he now? Like now that, you know, he's been sober, you know, you, you guys are back together. Like, how has that been for you? What has that, what has that journey taught you? It taught, when he came home from rehab, I saw a totally different person. I'm, I saw someone I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. And what it taught me was that if you trust your gut, if you stick, stick to what you believe in and you're willing to, to show fortitude and patience, it's amazing what will come out of your situation um, and, and setting boundaries and being willing to stick to those boundaries because it's so hard to backslide when it's, it's something involving a tugging of the heart mm-hmm. that you very easily could backslide back into old patterns. But if you're willing to stick to those boundaries, not only are you creating a healthy situation for yourself, but you're also creating a healthy situation for someone else. Mm-hmm. Whether they go with it or not is up to them. But when you're willing to stick to those boundaries and say, hey, this is what I'm willing to do, and I'm not willing to do anything beyond that, to keep myself healthy and sane, that made a huge difference because then it was, then we could focus on the healing process. And it did, it took a lot of healing, a lot of, a lot of couples therapy, a lot of talking because there were a lot of old resentments and anger there. And I think that's why I'm able to do what I do now with, with the clients that I work with is I've been through that trench and I saw how important it was to listen to music, how important it was to write how I felt in a journal every single day, how important it was to write down a series of gratitudes every single day and looking at that. And that's those non-negotiables every day have put me in a healthy mindset that I can then say, Hey, I know what that feels like. I know how to get through it. This is what I did. And they can relate to that because if I've done it, then I can say you will get through this too by, by these series of actions. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I also hear from you is that sometimes you've got to take care of yourself first before you take care of somebody else. Exactly. If you do not make yourself the priority and you do not put your mental health and your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health first, you are no good to anyone else. Yeah. No, none. You, you can't parent. You can't, you can't be a partner. You can't be a mentor. You can't be a boss. You, you have to put yourself first. And a lot of people see that as being selfish, but it's not. You're creating a healthy environment for everyone around you when you yourself are healthy. Wow. 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 This honestly, it's so inspiring. And to, and I think, you know, why, it's also because a lot of people I know people suffer with addiction and it messes up their homes it messes up the family, you know, it messes up, you know, the kids, but you know, it's, it's, it's good to hear stories like this where things can change. And, you know, sometimes the loved one is having to make a decision to inspire the person to make a change, but the person has to want to change for the same reason to want to change for themselves. But in the end that somehow the family unit is still preserved, which is, you know, which is what you, you, you know, you have shared. And that I think is so amazing. Are you glad that you somehow persevered? Yes, yeah. because I have 
changed my entire mindset. I have struggled with depression and anxiety since being a teenager. Mm -hmm. And it's having gone through this series of events that has forced me to understand mindset, mm -hmm. understand how if you shift it and shift it from a negative to a positive and always trying to find the positives in every situation or try to find the learning mm -hmm. in every situation that your the way you change your the way you change is what affects everyone else so if i come into a situation a negative situation trying to find a positive in it it's taught my daughters it has taught my son it has taught my students it has taught my friends my family it's taught them that if you are stubborn enough to dig your heels in and go i'm gonna get through this I'm gonna get through it somehow. I don't know how, but I'm gonna do it. That you can do anything. You have that infinite power in yourself that if you can dig deep and pull it out and just lock in and say, I'm determined, I'm gonna find a way through this. You will. Wow. You will always get through it. It may not be what you expected, and it may not be the route that you expect and it may not be pretty and flowers and rainbows and puppies. Mm -hmm. It's going to be messy and chaotic. You know, I always, I always say sometimes life is like hot lava in the sense of everyone's with the floor is hot lava. My life can be a hot mess of hot lava, but there's always going to be a lifeline somewhere. There's always going to be a solution somewhere. You just have to be willing to sit and find it. Giving up is not an option. Wow. Wow. Giving up is not an option. You will find your way out. Just be willing to sit, breathe, and just allow it to come. You know, there, there's something else you also said. There are two things I actually want to pick out there. But, you know, one of it, like you were tr trying to build a business and, you know, having to deal with some of the family things. And then on top of that, like someone you're about to partner with dies suddenly. And there was something you then said as well, because, you know, the fire happened and then you're like, God, what's going on? Like, what's going on? And, you know, you're, you're Christian from what I, I, I gathered, you know, and sometimes as Christians, we get to those moments where we're like, God, like, what's going on? Like, why? Why? <laughs> you know, what's why? going on? You know, um, but in those moments, you, you somehow had that feeling and down the line, not too long after you said, a church gave you a space to do it. Like, how amazing is that? Like, how amazing is you that? You know, it, it, it's amazing. And also the fact that I've learned in my my journey of, and, and being being a Christian, you know, you do go in into your prayer life. You go into your devotionals. You go into your your biblical scripture and you and you look for answers there mm -hmm. but sometimes honestly it's getting down on your knees looking straight up and going why what what do you want from me what challenging god because god wants you to challenge him because he wants to give you the answers it's just a matter of you've got to be you've got to have the strength to say i i'm i'm clueless here I, I can't understand this. This is, this is hard. Help me, show me, guide me. I'm here. Hello. You know, mm -hmm. and just by doing that 
And there have been times where I've done it either on my knees or curled up in the fetal position in my bed Mm. saying, God, what, what do you want from me? What, what, send me a sign, show me something because I I can't do this anymore. And it's amazing how he'll answer. And it may not be what I expected the answer to be or the route that I was expecting to take, but boy, is it in your face where you're just, it's there and you go, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. Wow. All right. It, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll follow this through and, and it's been spot on. It may not be what I envisioned it to be, but boy, at the end of the day, you're stronger. You, you feel empowered and then you can inspire other people mm-hmm. and you can pass, push that passion onto other people to say, look what I got through. And look what you're going through. You know what? This is what it's going to look like on the other side. Don't give up. Just keep going. Don't give up. You will get through this. Wow. 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 I want to go back to when you talked about being wanting to be a classic player and the hands. Like that just got me. I was like, what? <laughs> and I didn't realize that, you know, there was some measurements that people have to, you know, go through and people actually have to go through, some people go through surgery um, to actually get their hands to fit or expand across the, wow, wow, I don't even know what to say about that. Amazing. Luckily, luckily they don't make them do that. Luckily, that's not part of the repertoire anymore. But when I was in school a long time ago, it was... It was the yeah. norm that if you wanted to, you had to be surgically enhanced to do certain wow. things. Wow. And for me, it was just just the horror of them explaining what they would have to mm-hmm. do was enough for me to go, oh, no. Because, I, I mean, you literally have these scars, and it's just so disfiguring to me that you have, I mean, what's funny about your hands is that you've got dedicated tendons. So I have a dedicated tendon for my thumb. I have a dedicated th- tendon for my my index finger, but there's only one tendon that go and ligament that go between these three, which is why when we go to move one, the other two start to fall behind it. Right. You feel pulling, but all, there's only one dedicated to this. So if you're cutting here, yeah. what's going to happen if you nick something and because then it's going to disfig, it's going to make it more difficult to manipulate all three. Yeah, yeah. So to me, you know, the, the thumb wasn't so much as it was worrying about something here happening where I couldn't manipulate all three fingers. So I. Yeah. But, but, but you know what is interesting, um, Kristen, Krista? Somehow, right, you had to make a call to say, this is what I've always wanted to do. But I've got to accept that it is not going to be right having to make that call for something life-changing or to say this is what I've always wanted this was my goal but I've got to accept that it's can it's not going to be that is not always an easy thing to do because there are many people that will say so for example like with the pandemic that happened like goals have changed many people struggle to accept that how do you bring yourself to accept change, sudden change, sudden change to dreams, sudden change to goals, sudden change to life without losing sense of yourself? 
I think it depends on the time timing of it. For me, I was 17, 18 years old. So I was just on the cusp of becoming an adult. So for my life change plans, I think I would, because I was a little more flexible in my thinking because of where I was in development, it was much easier for me to let go of that and look at other options. If I were in my 30s and had to do that, I, I definitely would not have had the ability to, everyone's using the word pivot right now, but I don't think I would have had the ability to pivot the way I did when I was younger. Um, but I think what it really comes down to is mindset. It really, it really, all of it comes back full circle, law of attraction, mindset, like, you know, like attracts like. So if you go into it with this idea of I'm not going to be a concert pianist, my life is going to suck. Mm. Your life's going to suck because you're going to make a series of choices and you're going to approach everything with a negative thought pattern that nothing, everything you're going to be touching is going to bring that negative to me, to negativity to you. But if you go, okay, I'm not a classic concert pianist. Maybe I want to be a music teacher. Don't need, don't need anything to be a music teacher. I can teach. And I've proven that to myself. I can teach music and theory, voice and piano without even worrying about any of those things. And I, and look at what I'm doing. I'm touching lives, these young people and in my, and my older adults that I work with, I'm touching all of those lives by bringing what I have to the table with my knowledge and my education, but also look what I'm bringing from my experiences and the ability that I have now with my degrees to help them even one step further than just learning how to play a piano or just learning how to sing a song. I'm able to really impact how they view life or how they view their relationships or how they view um, situations and how they come out of them. Wow, what a gift. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm so fortunate that my life didn't go the way it did because I wouldn't have these experiences and I wouldn't have had the ability to help others if I hadn't, hadn't gone down that path. So I think it's just a matter of knowing that if, if you're not going down the route that you expect it to be, imagine how much better it's still going to be on the other side. You may not see where you're going, but once you get to your destination, just think about how much happier you're going to be because you're doing something that's way beyond anything you can imagine at that moment. So sometimes things going wrong, it's not the end of the world. It's that some, there could be something else that you just haven't seen that is around the corner. There is, there is something else that you haven't seen. There's always going to be something else, and it's always going to be something 100 times better than you would have ever imagined. But you have to go into it with that, with that understanding that, hey, what happened stinks. I, I'm, I'm really upset by what happened, but you know, I, I, there are other, other, other solutions. Let me figure those out. And then once I figure that out, then then I can start my path. And boy, if these things hadn't happened, yeah, you 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 would not be doing the amazing things you've been doing. You wouldn't. You probably not have realized that music can be so helpful in actually calming and dealing with the depression and, and helping young um, people deal with and cope with mental health. Wow, yes. wow, 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 Krista, so inspiring, so amazing. Like if people want to connect with you, if people want to find out more, especially now through this pandemic, like mental health is one big area that people have been saying 
has been uh, impacted you know through the lockdown and and the and, and the and the pandemic like if people want to reach out to connect or to hear more about music and how music can be used to to deal with you know deal with the stresses like where can people reach you there's different ways to reach me um if you want to take music lessons we are we are offering them around the world so go to our website it's garrettmusicacademy.com and you can sign on and we've got virtual virtual teachers that's all they do and they will any any instrument of your choice just get on there fill out the uh the information form and we'll reach out to you and find a good schedule for you um, if you are more, uh, we also have a music therapist on staff. So if you like to do a virtual music therapy session, we do have a young lady on staff to do that as well. So you can do that virtually through our, through GarrettMusicAcademy.com. If you'd like to get some more information about me or work with me directly, um, you can go to my website, which is uh, IamFlossom.me. And uh, I do 30 minute and hour long uh, interactions or, or consultations. I do do a 30 minute free consultation for anybody that's interested. Um, and then I do have these boot camps coming out and those are also going to be through my website. One is a um, 10 week course on journaling affirmations, relaxation techniques. Uh, and then there's going to be a six week mom music for moms. That's going to be geared totally towards moms that are stressed and anxious that I'm doing a whole program for, and all of those are coming out in August. Um, and if you wanna email me, you can you can uh, contact me through email if you have questions or you wanna find out some more information and, and you just wanna keep it confidential, you can email me at krista at iamflossom.me. Wow, thanks Krista. And guys, like all links are in description. Um, all links are going to be in the description as well. So like, feel free to, you know, reach out and connect with Krista and, and Krista, like, wow. Like you, like I said, like you're amazing. And it, it's not easy for people to probably have gone through some of the things that you have had to experience and the suddenness, because a lot of times change is already easy. No, change is never easy. No. But what more when it is sudden and, this pandemic has been sudden like for many people you know having to navigate business like for example you had to navigate you know business change suddenly fire and you know business partner dying all of that like for many people this pandemic has been sudden and they're having to navigate different bits what is one piece of advice you would be giving people as people try to navigate different elements of their life this period so I have a couple of a couple of ideas. Um, first of all, figure just to keep yourself healthy mentally, create for yourself a series of non-negotiables. What do I mean by that? Find five things in a day that you can do that will help you maintain your sanity, maintain your to lower your stress, maintain a, a, a some kind of a routine that is a routine that is normal for you. So for me, it's sitting down and doing 10 gratitudes a day, writing them down and reading over them. So I remember what's good in my life, drinking lots of water. I, I, I do four of these a day and I chart it out. Um, it's journaling, you know, journaling out how you feel for 30 minutes. Some people it's doodling for 30 minutes, just drawing while they're listening to music. 
doing some exercise for 30 minutes a day. Just pick some times and then put in those non-negotiables. You have to do them every single day to maintain your sanity. The other thing that I would say is meditation. Do at least 10 minutes in the morning when you get up because again, and you don't have to be completely silent. You don't have to completely, you know, wipe everything out of your brain, but just give enough because that's going to give you some ideas. That's going to give you some inspiration for your day and also help keep your mindset positive. Because mm. I, I know that when I'm meditating, I get inspired. I get ideas for business. I get ideas for personal projects that wouldn't come to me because I didn't quiet my mind. Mm. So just taking those few minutes just to quiet your mind. And then just know that there's going to be a solution. There is always a solution. So just breathe, 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 quiet your mind and know that there's a solution. And the, uh, the last thing I would say, and this one was the key for me, huge step, accept your vulnerable, accept that you have flaws and accept that you have to ask for help. Always be willing to accept and ask for help. You can't do any of this completely on your own. Don't even try. Don't even try. There are people around you that will help you, that will guide you, that will support you, that will lift you up. You, can, you, will, you have a tribe around you and you don't even know it reach out to them and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Can you help me? Just talk about it. Or they might even have an idea. They may have an idea that might be the thing that, need, that you needed just to go over that hump. But be willing to accept your vulnerability, accept your authenticity, accept your flaws, and then ask for help. Because you're not going to be superwoman or superman all the time. And that's okay. That's okay. You're human. Accept your humility, your humanity, and ask for help because there, there's always going to be someone out there willing to help you and will be willing to stop what they're doing to help you. Wow. You just got to ask. Wow. Thank you so much, Krista. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to take that. <laughs> Embrace it. Embrace, Embrace it. it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Krista, it has been amazing having you on and thank you so much for being so open and for sharing. Um, guys, you've heard it all. You've heard it all. Please connect with, you know, Krista um, if you would like to. We've come to the end of another episode. Before I go, as always, guys, if you're not already connected with me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, let's get connected. I look forward to hearing from you. If you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel or to the podcast, guys, come on, let's get subscribing. Hit that subscribe button. Well, Krista, thank you. Press it right now. Subscribe right now. Now, now, now. Now, it's right there. <laughs> well, guys, that's it from me. Until next time. Take care, stay well, and God bless.